Welcome back to the talk show. It's a quick Knicks bonus episode talking about the disappointment from this past weekend and getting you ready for game five at the Garden on Wednesday night. All that and more coming up next. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. The next funeral. Don't cry because it's over. Smile because it happened. That is the number one thing that comes to mind when I think of this New York Knicks season and how it might all end tomorrow night in Game 5 at home at Madison Square Garden. It's been such a fun ride. We shouldn't have been here. This team has been so much fun. I just want more of it, and that's honestly the reason I'm most sad. I hope it doesn't end tomorrow night, but let's get into the whole series, and we'll talk about what's transpired in this series so far, what happened over the weekend in Atlanta, and why the Knicks are on the brink of elimination. First of all, let's appreciate one thing. This team shouldn't have been here. And I'm not a Knicks fan coming out now and covering my butt because, oh, we shouldn't have been here, so it's okay that we're losing. No, I'd be very disappointed that we're losing. The first thing is that disappointment. We could have done better. How'd we get here this year? We got here with Julius Randle, with defense, with energy. And we haven't seen a lot of that in this series. And that's what's been frustrating. It's been Trey Young you know, really taking a crap on the Madison Square Garden crowd and on Knicks fans as a whole. The more they boo him, the better he gets throughout the series. But it's not over. There's one more game and I'm going to enjoy it. One of the biggest things, I really wanted this team to win and move on to the second round. Kind of one of the biggest reasons for me on a selfish level was it's easier for me to get to a game in Philly I went to Knicks game in Philly already this year. It's easier for me to get into the arena. It's cheaper. It's closer. Um, the COVID restrictions, I'm not two weeks out from a vaccine yet, so I, I can't go to Madison Square Garden really now, but I can go to a game in Philly. So I kind of wanted them to go on to the next round. Now, even more so, if Embiid is hurt, that team doesn't have any offense after Embiid. They struggled to find the offense. The Knicks hung with them in a couple games without Embiid this year. So... If you're a Knicks fan now, you're probably not singing the same tune you were singing two days ago. And you're like, yeah, well, we weren't going to beat Philly anyway. (laughs) If Atlanta goes on to beat Philly and then they get to play the Nets in the conference finals, wouldn't that be so disappointing to think that the Nets could have had a series against the Knicks? Although we might be spared if this Knicks team shows up. And the team that showed up for this Atlanta Hawks series is just not the same team we've seen all year. That's just a fact. It's a frustrating fact, but that's what's happened. So, yeah, it's been a disappointment. Now, to say the season has been a disappointment, no, it's been anything but that. The franchise is moving in the right direction. We're not losers. We have a core. We have playoff experience. We have a guy in Julius Randle who's been a superstar all year. He's not showed up in this series. That's disappointing. Maybe we don't have the talent Atlanta has. The shooters that they have around Trey Young, Trey Young as their superstar. Other guys like Bogdan Bogdanovich, 
and Clint Capella who have stepped up in the series. Yeah, we don't really have that. But we were good enough to win this series and we still are. But unfortunately, the Knicks have only played 18 minutes of good basketball in this series. And that was in the second half of the third quarter and the fourth quarter of game two. Outside of that, the Knicks have played terribly in this series. And yet they're one bad hop, a ball going through R.J. Barrett away from being tied in the series 2-2. But I expected them to go into Atlanta and put up a fight because they've put up a fight all year. When their backs were against the wall, they've put up a fight. That's what the Knicks have done. That has been their MO. Their MO has been energy and toughness and battling back. But that hasn't been the Knicks in this series. And yeah, that's disappointing. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Can I say that the Hawks have way more talent? Can I say that every single guy is just hitting their shots on the Hawks while every single guy on the Knicks is not? And I'm not talking about random guys. I'm talking about guys who are hitting shots all year like Reggie Bullock and Emmanuel Quickly for the Knicks. And guys who haven't been hitting shots necessarily. DeAndre Hunter who just came back and Danilo Gallinari. Those guys weren't around when the Knicks played them earlier in the year. So... Those three games that the Knicks won earlier in the year, it's not the same Hawks team. But I did expect my team to show up. I expected Randall to show up. I expected RJ to be better, quickly to be better. And they weren't. So I'm disappointed, yeah. Another thing I don't understand is Tibbs. Tibbs has been incredible. He's changed the culture of this team. He changed everything about this team. I talked about in game one, how they came out of a free throw and ran a set play. And that was just insane to me that a Knicks team did that. That's something I wasn't used to as a Knicks fan for years. But that's what Tibbs has done. But in this series, it seems like Tibbs has just been stubborn. He starts Peyton in game one and looks terrible. Takes him out. The offense is immediately better. Game two, he does the same thing. It took him till the second half of game two to take Peyton out. Then the one thing everyone said, make Trey Young work on, on defense. Get him involved. Instead, he parks Reggie Bullock in the corner, doesn't get him involved in the offense at all, doesn't try to get Trey to switch on to Julius or RJ. Not only will it bang up Trey and get him in foul trouble like he was in foul trouble in game four, and they didn't go after him at all in that third quarter, but not only does it do that, but it also can get your superstars going. It can get Julius going. It can get RJ going. Having a small defender that they could easily bully. And when they've gotten Trey Young to switch onto them, they've bullied them. Remember that RJ Barrett cross-court pass because they had to double him and he passed it to Reggie Bullock for three in game two? We got a Mike Breen bang. I mean, it's frustrating. Why aren't they trying to trap Trey Young? And there's people on Twitter going through this certain plays that Tibbs has run over and over again. And over the course of a series, the Hawks picked up on it. You saw the Hawks defense just got better and better as the series went on in games three and four. And the Knicks haven't adjusted at all to what Trey Young and the Hawks have been doing. So that's frustrating and puzzling for a guy who was a great coach all year and really does deserve all the credit that Knicks fans have given him all year. And I'm not turning on 
Tibbs now. I'm not one of those fans who's going to say, oh, and this discredits what he's done all year. It doesn't at all. You can't discredit what a guy's done all year. He's been insane. He's been instrumental. He has been the number one reason why the Knicks are where they are right now. If you want to call it Julius Randle, and that's the other reason. Where's Randall been in this series? And I'm calling him out, but I, I again, that doesn't discredit what he's done all year. And I know he was better in game four, although ESPN didn't give him credit for that. Say say what you will, Jay Williams. You didn't give him credit for that. <laughs> I had a little spat with him on Twitter. But that's the bottom line. The guys who have carried them, be it the coach, be it their superstar player, have not showed up in this series. And so if you're looking for a reason why they're down 3-1, it's right there. I talked about Alfred Payton being on the bench. But the interesting thing is, Tibbs might not be wrong. I don't think Payton should start, but you can't start Rose. Look what's happened. First of all, the 38-39 minutes a game is not sustainable for Derrick Rose at this point in his career. He's too old for that. In the second half, he struggles. He's struggled in second halves when he's come off the bench at times this season. So the fact that you're starting him and relying so heavily on him for basically all your offense in the first half, it's no wonder he fades in the second half. But it also just kills the bench. The second unit came in in games one and two and saved the Knicks. And it wasn't just Rose. Everyone on the second unit looked better with Rose on the second unit with them. And all this problem stems really from Randall again. If Randall was our superstar and we could run the offense through him like we've done all year, then the first unit is fine, even with Alfred Payton out there. Or maybe you want to put Frank Nilakina out there for defense because Payton's defense has not been good. And Payton, I guess, or Nilakina, I guess, can at least hit a corner three sometimes. So I don't think it's been terrible to have Randall and Rose on the bench if Randall can run the offense, but he hasn't been able to. So Rose comes in and starts. And then the bench has done nothing. The other guys, Burks and Toppin has been great, which is crazy, but Burks and Emmanuel quickly and all those guys have not looked the same without playing with Rose. And I'm not making excuses, but obviously Noel has been hurt. That presence inside has not been there. They've gotten whatever they wanted on the pick and roll. And Noel has been good this year in defending the pick and roll and getting blocks and being in the paint. Listen, the whole team, the energy, the vibe, it just doesn't make sense to me. The Knicks' MO was energy this year. The Knicks' thing, the reason why they were winning games was because we're going to outwork you. We're going to outhustle you. And I don't care that the Hawks have more talent than the Knicks do. Yes, they do, 100%. But why are you letting them outwork you? Why are you letting them beat you on offensive boards? Why are you letting them beat you on hustle plays, on 50-50 balls? Everything seems to be going the Hawks' way. So the team that prides themselves on being the tough team has not been that team in this series. And I know they got called out about that today, but they, I mean... Capella's right, right? Clint Capella called them out and said they've talked shit, but they're, you know, but they're soft. He's right. It's he's not wrong about that. 
And it's kind of weird. It's puzzling to me because now their backs are against the wall and people are saying, well, look what happens when this team has their back up against the wall. Look what's going to happen when you put the Knicks, their backs are up against the wall. They're now losing game five at home. Then all you need to do is win one game in Atlanta and you got game seven at the Garden. Trust me, I love that narrative. And I, I, I still believe that that narrative can happen. I haven't, you know, but why now would they turn on the energy all of a sudden? That's been their thing all year. Where has it been? Why do they need to light a fire underneath this team when losing game one the way they did should have lit a fire underneath them? Going into Atlanta should have lit a fire underneath them. It's a playoff series. Being down 2-1, trying to tie the series at two should have lit a fire underneath them. And none of, has, none of that has done it. Where has the energy been? It's, it's puzzling. What I'm hoping for, though, is game five. We get one more classic Knicks game. Knicks 2021 basketball. Maybe they go up by like 20 in the first half. And then somehow in the third quarter, it's cut to one. And then towards the end of the game, the Knicks extend the lead. A corner three from RJ Barrett. Julius Randle hits a couple mid-range jumpers. We get a Mike Breen bang on an Alec Burks three. That's the type of game I'm looking for. Just give me one last great Knicks game. If you lose in game six when I'm not watching on a Friday night in Atlanta, I don't care. Just let me enjoy one last fun 2021 New York Knicks basketball game. Mike Breen and Clyde on the call. I mean, don't let... Atlanta and Trey Young and Clint Capella and freaking Danilo Gallinari celebrate on my garden floor. I hope that doesn't happen. And by the way, (laughs) don't think I'd be happy with them losing in game six in Atlanta. If they win game five, I'm saying, well, it's one game and all you got to do is get it back to the garden for game seven. Trust me, I'm going to be the first to buy into that narrative. I think this team is capable of it because I think this team hasn't showed up yet in the series. Am I disappointed? Do I give the Hawks credit? Of course. But this team hasn't showed up yet in the series. The only guy who's showed up, or there are three guys who have showed up. Taj Gibson has showed up in this series, and Derek Rose. Those two guys are in their 30s at the, on the back ends of their career. The only other guy is Obi Toppin, who somehow is better in this playoff series than we've seen him at any point all year. And I love that. That's great for the Knicks going forward. And there's so many things going forward. And I don't want to talk about that yet. Maybe I'll come on here another time after this season's officially over and talk about all the positives we could take out of this going forward. An interesting point on Julius Randle, though, for all the people who are saying, because he is one of the guys who didn't show up. I agree. But for everyone saying, oh, look, he's not a real superstar. You can't sign him to a long-term deal. Oh, Julius Randle this, Julius Randle that. The way the team has looked with Julius Randle playing poorly in this series Doesn't that tell you how bad the team is without Julius Randle? If Julius Randle plays like this or is not on the team, (laughs) then this is what the team looks like. Doesn't that tell you how good Julius Randle has been all year for this team? I mean, (laughs) there's no other way to put it. If the Knicks are this bad without Julius Randle, without his contribution, then he's even more the MVP. The fact that he's disappeared in this series, again, I have no answer for it. It's tough. But all they got to do is take it one game at a time. 
If Randall has a big game tomorrow night at the Garden, I'm going to expect him to have a big game on Friday night in Atlanta. And then I'm going to have him expect him to have a big game in Game 7. But one game at a time. Like I said, I want one more classic New York Knicks with a full crowd. Mike Breen and Clyde on the call. Game at home in Game 5. And I'll be happy. I'll enjoy it. I think it's house money. I think this series is house money. If they lose in Game 5, it's disappointing. Yes. But if they win in Game 5, then it's house money. You go to Atlanta, there's no pressure on you. There's pressure on Atlanta. All you got to do is play a basketball game. So as far as Capella's comments, he called the Knicks soft. He said all these things. He said they talk a lot of smack and all that. Now, Julius Randle's like, who cares? (laughs) Derek Rose was like, I don't talk any smack. (laughs) I'm 32. I'm too old for that. It's kind of interesting. Maybe Clint Capella's kind of comments can help us. Maybe they can light a fire underneath this next team. Nothing else has lit a fire under this team. I said that already. But if nothing else can, maybe these comments can. Maybe this is what the Knicks take offense to. They say, no, you don't talk about us like that. We are tough. Don't call us fake tough guys. Don't call us basically your little, you know what? We're better than that. Show him up. Kind of like Trey Young has done to the Knicks all series. It's kind of funny. The Knicks fans started the series for no other reason other than him being the opponent by screaming F Trey Young, F Trey Young. Which I love. Keep doing it. I don't care. But he, the way he's responded is by saying, yeah, you guys don't like me because I'm awesome. And he's shut up the crowd. He's given them the finger shh so many times. Yeah. And guess what? Trey Young has shushed this crowd because he's put it out on the floor. It's kind of weird with fans, right? Like, you expect fans, the more they boo you, the more they scream at you, it's supposed to get in your head. But with some guys, it kind of fires them up. Like it fired up Kyrie Irving in Boston, at least in game four. It fired up Trey Young. So is Clint Capella firing up the Knicks? But again, why would the urgency come now? We haven't seen the urgency yet in this series. It doesn't make sense that all of a sudden they'd be urgency, right? Like I said, though, all I want is a win. On Wednesday. If they win Wednesday, everything else flies out the window. It's house money game six. And they're not losing game seven at home at the Garden. They're just not. So, do I think they're going to come back and complete this incredible comeback? No. Again, I'm sad. I'm upset the season's over, especially if Embiid is out. I really think that Sixers team becomes beatable. And then we're just one series away from a Knicks and that series, which I've wanted all year. Do I want the season that has been anything but a disappointment to end in disappointment? No. But all they got to do is just win one game. That's all I want. And I'd be happy with that. The good news is, it's been a welcome distraction from the atrocious New York Yankees. (laughs) I mean... What the New York Yankees have done over this weekend and against the Rays on Memorial Day, I mean, I'm just happy I don't have to watch it because I'm busy crying about the Knicks. So thank you, Knicks, for being so bad in the playoffs that you've helped me not watch and not even think about the Yankees. The last thing I want to talk about is the fans because I've never made such a great prediction in my life, and I'll put it in here in a second. 
But here's what I said about the fans acting out at NBA games. I said this uh, last week on the podcast. I quickly want to touch on the fan who threw the popcorn at Russell Westbrook. Listen, I don't want to talk about actually what happened because you have your opinion. Yeah, you probably shouldn't have done that. But Stephen A. Smith went on the air today. He's like, you know, that fan, they should make him a public figure. They should put his face up. Stephen A. Smith is such a celebrity. He's so far out of touch with reality. If they put a fan on TV every time they did something obscene at a sporting event, so many more fans would put would go out there and do it. The reason they don't show someone streaking on the field at a baseball game or a football game, the reason they don't show it on TV is they don't want to incentivize other people to do it. So if you start putting everyone's name in a picture like a mugshot, like Stephen A. Smith said, for flicking someone off at a game or throwing popcorn at someone, then everyone's going to start doing it. Now, <laughs> exactly what I said would happen, happened. More fans saw that kind of behavior. More fans saw what was going on. And they went out and did the exact same thing. Everyone hating on them and posting their picture on Twitter and all the talk shows talking about it. All you're doing is incentivizing more people. I don't mean that everyone will do it. I just mean that these same idiots who are attention whores, those same people will do it. Anyway, that's just a quick episode. Want to talk about the Knicks and where we stand. There's so much other stuff going on in the NBA. And I'm going to get to that. Um, I'm gonna, I guess, recap round one when round one ends. But with the Knicks on the brink of elimination, I just did want to get on here and talk about how I felt about this weekend. So that's all I got. Let's go Knicks. I still believe. Um, I believe in Tibbs. I believe in Julius. I believe in RJ. I believe in all those guys. Let's just win one more game. One classic Knicks game on the garden floor with Mike and Clyde on the call. And we'll take it from there. All right. See ya.
just a mile to road. Take it in, take it with you when you go. We said you can't go.